Hi folks, Jean here and welcome to this bonus episode of Have You Ever Read? Apologies it's late, it's been a really busy week for me. Anywho, I won't speak for too long. This is part two of my conversation with Hannah Rose on Jordan Rayner's Redeeming Your Time. I hope you have been able to start reading the book or try to implement some of the principles or both. If not, I hope this second episode will spur you on to do so. We pick up the conversation on the importance of starting your day in the word. Enjoy. So I want to go back to um, the first chapter that you mentioned that he talks about starting with the word. Mm-hmm. How, how has that helped you in your pursuit of productivity? I think it grounds me in the morning because unless you can, for me at least, when I just stop and I take the time to be in the word and to give to give my day to God, I feel like I can then start with a clear head and be like, okay, I know what I'm doing and I can structure my schedule around those things. Obviously, it's not perfect every day. I'm still working on not rushing through my time with the Lord. But I find that just having that moment to just be with him allows for the peace to enter the day rather than starting stressed or hurried or any of those things that don't come from the Lord because he is the God of peace, not the God of stress. I totally agree with you. I I find that with me starting with the word, I know different people say they have different times that they prefer to do um, mm. have their quiet time. Some prefer the evening, some prefer the mornings. But I found for me personally that when I don't start my day with the word, it's not that the day necessarily becomes disheveled, but I <laughs> feel a bit like all over yeah. the place. Like yes. I can still get through the day, but it doesn't, I, I would say it's less peaceful. And so I've really, absolutely called over the years, I've really learned to start my day with the word. And I think, like you said, that, and, and Jordan makes this point too, that it's not always going to be the same consistently I mean you aim to have it consistently every day right but there'll be days when I don't know if you've got children screaming in the background (laughs) you might not be able to wake up at the same time and I think the key is to just have it irrespective of how small it is like you said to ground you and to kind of get that peace and one thing that Jordan said that I had never thought about before is when the starting your day with the world word is a multiplier it's almost like let me just read it so I don't misquote it starting your day with the word acts as a false multiplier to the fixed amount of time we have been given so it's almost Mm -hmm. like because the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom it's almost like every time we get a revelation or spend that time with God because his ways are the right way they basically multiply anything we were going to do anyway so for those of us that often or have said before I don't have the time to do Mm. my quiet time the point is that actually when you spend your time doing your quiet time where you think you don't have time in a sense I don't know how it happens but a word of God makes it a bit easier so you kind of redeem or buy back the time you would have lost if that makes sense exactly no for sure and I think that's why that it's important that we not get stuck in, okay, this is how we structure our quiet time as well. Because like tomorrow, for instance, I'm not going to be able to do my normal, like quiet time with just sitting 
going through my reading and, and writing and all this stuff because I've got a train to catch early in the morning. But it's it's so then what I'm going to be doing is starting my day. I'll put some worship music on while I get ready. I just start by praying about the trip, praying about what God has for me, that my mind will be focused on the things he needs me to be focusing on because there's going to be a lot of people around. And then once I'm on the train, then I can do some quiet time and things like just finding that space and prioritizing it because we should be prioritizing our time with the Lord. He should be our top priority. And so it's definitely a practice to put in. I think like uh, there's a lot of people that say, about prayer how oh I don't have I don't have a lot of time to just sit and pray all the time and it's like it's true we don't always have like time to just sit and pray but we can pray no matter where we are God can be part of each aspect of the day even if it's just a Lord be with me now or Lord look at this right now thank you so much just including him in the day is bringing the word into your everyday life as well yeah um that's totally true I I mean, 100% agree with that. I just want to also speak to people who have been doing their quiet time. And this is a very uh, good point that Jordan makes in the book. Like you've been doing your quiet time and you're just not getting it. Like you're not, you're not receiving, I'm using inverted commas, you can't see me, what you expect to receive. And maybe your quiet times are a bit boring. And one of the things that Jordan said, which I think might be quite freeing to a lot of people is quiet times are about relationships Mm -hmm. and he uses the example of him and his um children he has uh some young children the ages won't correspond now so there's no point of me saying it but at the time they were all under five and his point was a lot of the conversations that he has with his children i I think he said 80 percent of the conversations he has with his children are absolute nonsense Um, (laughs) but then there are there's a 20 percent which um it's life-giving like game-changing wonderful conversations that where he's teaching his children life lessons and he says that when you see your relationship with that you're quite timed as relational it becomes easier because the truth is not every it's not every time that you have a conversation with someone is it this life-changing or inspiring moment yes god is god so anything that god does is going to be awesome but then I'm also, I'm a human being. So there will be times <laughs> when my receptivity to God will be less than it should be. And right. when I accept that there will be times when it seems like I'm not hearing anything from God or I'm not gaining as much as I ought to, it makes it easier to just remain consistent because the key is the just being there. Like, I guess a husband and wife would also have this perspective where sometimes they just need to sit in the room together. No one needs to be talking. They're just there. When you have that understanding about your quiet time, I think it makes it a bit easier that there will be some times when it feels a bit dry, but that doesn't mean that you need to stop. Neither does it mean that God is any less than what he says he is. So how do you feel? I mean, we've spoken a little bit about productivity, but how do you feel that this book has... um, impacted your faith or your relationship with Christ I think it's brought me closer to the Messiah because we we strive to live like him um and then when we realize that he valued his time and he was purposeful with how he spent it it helps us prayerfully go to him for wisdom um on how to spend our days that we're gifted here on earth 
instead of just running around saying, okay, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. And Jordan also says that in the book, when he's making his weekly schedules, when he's doing, he has this five-story building with his long-term goals, his quarterly goals. Um, and, and then of course the basement is posteriorities where you put all the stuff that you should not be doing, you put it in the basement and lock it away. And he goes off and he prays about what should be on there. It's not just, let's just write everything that that we believe that we should do it, we should be doing. Let's pray and ask God, what should my focus be? And that is that's what Yeshua did as well. He probably like woke up and was like, right, God, where are we going today? What is the purpose of today? And I'm gonna fulfill this purpose. And that should be to me, I believe, that should be how we strive every day is. God, where are you leading me? What do you want me to be doing? And how can I serve you today? Amazing. Amazing. I think for me, this book allowed me to think more about God as a big God. Mm. Now, that that may sound really weird (laughs) for people (laughs) (laughs) that haven't um, read the book. Um, But one of the things... Okay, so we've not really gone through the practical pieces as much as I thought we would. Um, (laughs) There are two levels to the book, right? The side of Christ and then on the ground, what you need to be doing. Mm -hmm. And Jordan goes through how you can create a to-do list, what a to-do list actually should be, why we get stressed about our to-do lists. And most of us get stressed about our to-do lists because we don't actually write action points on them. We're more writing, like we have statements like, doctor's appointment it goes on your to-do list but actually the actions would be call the doctor book an Mm. appointment that kind of thing so Jordan kind of goes through um he breaks it down how you can manage the things that you want to do he speaks about I'm getting to a point sorry I just want to give you the structure of the book (laughs) um he speaks about how to capture everything that's in your mind that um, mm. all your to-do list the great things that you want to do um in a system which he causes calls a cts um all of this is in the book um and then he also talks about once you've captured everything that you want to do how you can um make your to-do list fit in your wider goals aspirations mm. dreams visions for your life and it's in this chapter um which is called prioritizing your yeses yes prioritizing your yeses where for me that was where I saw that okay God is big so as um, Hannah Rose mentioned earlier there are these six levels um vision callings or is it mission callings mission callings goals yeah um and then it goes down to your to-do list right all the way yeah that's the those are the levels and the BHAGs for me, uh, which are big, hairy, audacious goals, reminded me of how great God is. That's all I wanted to tell you. Is that really a lot of the time we set goals which are not ambitious. We set mediocre goals with the mind that I can't really go too far because it doesn't yeah. really matter. Uh, not that it doesn't really matter. Um, it's more. This is within our limit. Yes. But what he said is that when we're able to basically what he's saying is when we're able to organize our structures in such a way it allows us to dream bigger and Mm -hmm. we're also able to focus on God and realize that he is able to do what is beyond our expectations what is immeasurable and most of the time we forget that 
we shoot for smaller th- goals. And he says this line, which is, which was, I don't want to say game changing, because I've said that quite a lot in my last podcast. But <laughs> he says this line, which was, most people don't believe that God is able to do immeasurably more than they can imagine. So they mm. aim for average. This creates a fascinating paradox because nearly everyone aims for average size goals. The level of competition decreases as the size of your goal increases. So Mm. basically what he's saying is nobody, most people are just aiming to have a shop. Very few people are aiming to build a global $10 billion um, business. Very few people, most people are just aiming to have a smaller church with maybe 15 members that serves mm. their local street. Whereas fewer people are aiming to build a church, captures the whole of their town. And he says, is the, his point is, that's partly because of how we view God and probably because of how we view ourselves as well. So for me, I feel like that's the greatest impact this, this book has had on me. And like, it's made me really see how big God actually is and that my goals and visions and dreams should be bigger for that reason that was such a yeah. long roundabout answer sorry no it was great so we've spoken about some good bits of the book what do you think was the most challenging for you part of the book like yeah let me just say challenging either you thought was controversial or you didn't agree with like because I'm trying to give people glimpses into all sides of the books like no author is perfect right so anything right. that challenged you about the book to be honest, the whole book is challenging because it bends a lot of habits that we've fallen for. But Jordan is gentle in his approach that it never feels impossible to accomplish. He's never like, you have to do this. Like he's not a drill sergeant. And he just gives it to you and he just opens up his hands and just says, take what you will, take what is good for you. And that approach really resonated with me. That's why I gleaned so much from the book other believers other Mm -hmm. christians might have a hard time um adopting some of the things especially the sabbath rest yes i was gonna talk about that yeah yeah. (laughs) like when i got to the sabbath part i was like yes because obviously i'm in israel (laughs) we keep the feast we keep the sabbath and like I've learned the amazing gift that the Sabbath is, mm. but I also know people who don't do it. I lived with a couple um, and my dad stayed with them multiple times as well. And they will like, when it comes to Shabbat, they do not stop the weekend. They do not stop. And my dad would hate being there on Shabbat and he would have to leave because they were always going. Yeah. yeah. And, and so I think that's that's going to be the hardest I think for a lot of Christians to grasp um but I believe that there's a reason for each of God's laws and teachings in the Bible most are for our protection and the Sabbath not only restores our energy but gives us a day to truly rest from our labors and to just be like we were talking about earlier to be still yeah Yeah. and it's it's massive and I'm sad for the people who haven't had the the ability or the discipline to actually try it because it's not bondage like it it, sometimes it's like at least in Israel so Israel there is no public transportation on Shabbat on Saturday none which I used to really like 
until I wanted to go to church and I don't have a car that goes that far. And now I can't go to church on Saturdays because there's no transportation. That irks me a little bit. But <laughs> but the whole country just being still as well, it's an incredible thing to experience. And it really does allow you to rest and let let everything from the week go so you can be prepared for the following week. Wow, wow. No, you're, you're totally right about the Sabbath thing because, well, when I first read it, it was a deep revelation for me because it's not that I've never known that Sundays are supposed to, obviously we do Sundays here rather than Saturdays. Um, Sundays are not a day of rest, but I've never really understood what it meant to rest. Hmm. And it, what Jordan's able to do in the book, which is really useful, is by the way just for people to say because we keep calling him Jordan like because we know him it's not (laughs) (laughs) should we be saying Mr (laughs) Rayner I mean yeah so that's we're on first team versus because I just realized it sounds really chatty anyway (laughs) one of the things that Jordan's able to do in the book is explain what he does on his sabbath which makes it easier for us to understand what is going on what it means to kind of rest to the point. I mean, as I was reading it for this um, recording again, I actually didn't notice that he actually stops from washing, like washing up dishes, Mm -hmm. washing clothes. Whereas some of us, including myself, actually, I would still include that as part of a Sabbath. Like I'm resting from my professional work, but actually there's a real rest, stop, don't do anything take on board one what god has created and two the other piece is trusting god so sabbath is supposed to be a time where we're saying it doesn't really matter how much i work i need to be able to let not do any work and allow god to do whatever he wants to do right and unfortunately maybe with good intentions the works like uh, doing everything unto god may have overtaken the sabbath in uh western christian understanding yeah which is which i think if we all went back to actually observing a sabbath and as i'm not talking about a legalistic sabbath as you've described hannah rose like when you read the book you'll see that jordan doesn't give rules or regulations obviously in the ideal world everybody goes to i mean to go to church on the sabbath but apart from that it's not rule driven one thing that i've also learned from it because as I've, this is one of another one of the takeaways I've actually tried to implement. Not, I'm not 100 where I should be, but I'm making some progress. It's something I um, just wanted to add that Jordan mentioned in the book um, that on the Sabbath he and his wife don't talk about any of their problems or mm. any of the, the the things that they have to work on in yeah, the week to come. Stuff. Yeah, it's not even just work stuff, but personal stuff as well that may be a challenge they try not to talk about it on on the Sunday Mm. because it's a real rest day also I just wanted to say before I forget another thing because you mentioned that people are one of the things that Christians might struggle with and I realized for me it was the chapter or the principle about eight hour sleep I really yeah yeah yeah, I don't I don't sleep for eight hours that's too long (laughs) for me you're like my parents they're both like that but I'm like if I do not get eight hours sleep I'm a nightmare 
no I'm fine with six hours I can do six yeah six hours if I'm doing if I sleep eight hours um it's usually because I'm sick to be honest (laughs) I think it's also the habits we've created as well yeah because our bodies adapt so when we do it for so long we can survive but it doesn't mean it's always good. Yeah, so <laughs> just just to give people an idea. So this is all in part of the um, chapter called um, Embrace Productive Rest. And mm-hmm. um, Jordan sets out three principles. One of them is to break every other hour. Um, so you work for 90 minutes. That's my have big a break. one. Can't do that. <laughs> <laughs> then the other point is to get eight hours of sleep and then the final is to have the sabbath so we're in agreement on the sabbath we just Mm -hmm. need to figure out the other two (laughs) the other two i have my i think it went off you might hear a little ding in the recording maybe um i have a flow app that every 90 minutes it goes off and then it has start your break for 10 minutes and i just skip every time it's so bad and i was good for like two weeks of taking those breaks maybe a week and then I'm like nah (laughs) so to the audience you see this is the point about this book right there are lots of principles in it and one of the things that Jordan does say is one if they all don't work for you don't embrace them like it's not not, there are no rules here it's about how to make your how to be productive in a way that works for you based on these um overarching uh, principles that we highlighted that Christ implemented. So, and he also says that we shouldn't expect that we're going to be able to do them all at once because it's a lot in the book. The book is yeah, it's a lot. It's not it, it's not difficult to read, but there are a lot of principles, and I don't think anyone can. I mean, well, I haven't been able to implement them all in one go. So, no, you as can. you read the it book, it takes time. <laughs> yeah. Don't feel that you have to do everything all at once. Again, there are no rules and regulations. Um, but before we sign off, Hannah, is there anything else you want to talk to people about in the book? Anything that we haven't? I think we've we've done it all. Um, oh. like like our teammate, our accountability mate Jeff says, there's always golden nuggets to be found within any book. And I think every time I pick up redeeming your time, I always find something new. So I just, I recommend it, whether you're struggling to manage your time or looking to create better habits to get your work done. This book, it has everything in it, I believe. And it's got this biblical foundation that is solely centered on the Messiah. And to me, that's how I want to live my life. So I found it extremely, extremely helpful. Cool. I just remembered something. Sorry. (laughs) We didn't speak about the dark side of discipline that oh yeah (laughs) because then this is the thing you spend the whole book talking about productivity being disciplined and prioritizing your time and then at the end Jordan goes by the way all of this is good but do not get lost on the dark side of discipline where you book it becomes all-encompassing and then you cannot open up for the serendipitous as he calls it as well and jeff as well he also calls it um god interruptions yeah where god interrupts our time to do other things and so all of the things that we have spoken about are so important to how we spend our time but let's not also forget that we should be open to following the ways of the spirit and and what what we're supposed to do in the moments and that could end up 
throwing the schedule out the window and that is okay yeah yeah definitely and then I think also the point of trying not to you can implement all of these rules and think I don't like using the word rules principles and think that you are the boss like you are the one and there's also that side to it where you become you might become aggressive prideful and all that side of stuff so that's what um that Jordan talks about in this last chapter the dark side of discipline which I think is great as well because you're spending the whole time implementing these things and people can read it and get so on board that they become these workaholics they do all this stuff and it's like hang on a minute no that's not what I've said the whole time there these are the things that we should be doing but it's it shouldn't be all consuming god should be all consuming and that's yeah yeah. and and that's why starting in the word is crucial Mm, ideally it will save us from all of these the dark side of discipline as it were exactly amen so hannah rose before we sign off um the three questions i ask everyone do you have any book recommendations for us outside of redeeming your time outside of redeeming your time okay i couldn't choose just a favorite book because that's never been me you ask my favorite movie favorite like music i have to give you genres (laughs) so i've got five quick genres bear with me (laughs) So nonfiction, obviously Jordan Rayner, um, Call to Create, but also Caleb Coltenbeck, um, Messy Grace. Okay, Those yes. two are really, yeah, really good. You told me to read that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Devotionals is Corey Ten Boom's God is My Hiding Place. It's phenomenal. Um, biblical fiction, Connelling Cazette writes the most incredible Old Testament fiction, and her Out of Egypt series is stunning. For historical fiction, um, Gabrielle Myers, uh, When the Day Comes. That one, for any people who like Outlander or stuff, it's like the Christian clean Outlander. (laughs) (laughs) It's really good. Um, And then teens and young adults, um, especially girls, is Krista McGee's First Date trilogy. Don't judge it too quickly. When I started like when I was like right I want to follow God I want to start reading good books my mom took me to Barnes and Noble because we were in America at the time and said okay choose whatever you want and I saw First Date by Krista McGee my mom goes oh of course like thinking it's all this dating thing and she's like I'm trying to get you away from boys and she wouldn't let me get it and a few years later I read it and I'm just like it is so much more the holy spirit in that book in the three books that she's written um with those characters it's it was very instrumental to um being able to speak about my faith and live um the like shine the light of the messiah out for other people that wow. was yeah wonderful um do you have a favorite author a favorite author, Jordan Rayner, okay. <laughs> and probably Connelling Cazette, um, because her story, like her knowledge on the word and Hebraic lifestyle, is just so amazing. She uses God's Hebrew name in the books, and mm-hmm. she doesn't eliminate the Holy Spirit's presence in her stories, despite the narratives being before Jesus's time. Okay, um, because we forget that the Holy Spirit was moving even during that time with the Israelites and people were coming to God. They all had a relationship with God and they're absolutely beautiful, beautiful, beautiful books that opens up the old Testament because people often read it and think, Oh, 
we don't need to read that anymore. It's old. It's it's done away with. And it's it's everything that's in the old is in the new. Yeah. And it's beautiful. So. Wonderful, wonderful. Last question from me is, do you have any reading tips or habits that you want to share with the audience? You seem to be someone that reads quite a fair bit. So I do. any suggestions? <laughs> <laughs> I do. I read a lot. I always have like a like a paperback going, an ebook going and an audio going. Wonderful. But I try and read at least an hour a day. However, we also live in a world full of entertainment and sometimes we just need to put on a good movie and TV show just to let your brain relax. But some there's something about ending the day with your nose stuck in a book. So my tip for those struggling to find a book is to stop rushing through books to like get as many done as you can in a year and enjoy. Reading shouldn't be a chore to check off each day. Um and as we were saying at the beginning, we're going to die with unfinished symphonies. Well, we're going to die with unfinished to do like to read lists, <laughs> which is my biggest heartbreak. But um, so I think we should spend our days reading books that we enjoy. Um, and if you haven't found that, keep looking because there is a special book out there for you. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time, Hannah Rose. And yeah, we've gone over time, so forgive me of my sins. Um, And we shall speak soon. Have a good one. Bye. Thank you. Bye. Well, I hope that has given you enough to think about and hopefully some tips to increase your productivity and fulfil your God-given purpose. As usual, all the books Hannah Rose suggested and a link to Redeeming Your Time will be in the episode show notes and on my website. That's www.jeancabasomi.com slash podcasts. That's www.jeancabasomi.com slash podcasts. If you like this episode, could I please encourage you to do four things? Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. Rate and review this podcast wherever you listen to your podcasts, whether it's Apple, Spotify, Google, podcast addict audible or somewhere else it really helps the algorithms get the podcast into the hands of other potential listeners and lastly can i ask you to share this podcast with anyone who might be interested in hearing about good christian books well that's all from me thanks for listening god willing i shall be back in your ears and again in the first week of the month um first week of march until then keep breathing and seeking the lord god bless bye